This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com One of the most famous comedy bits of all time is a bit by Abbott and Costello called Who's on First? What's on Second? And if you're not familiar with it, I'm not telling you you should find out what it's about, but it is a very classic comedy skit. Now, imagine a boy shows up to Yeshiva and they say to him, Hey, what's your name? And he says, Name. What's your name? Name. Name. Yeah, what's your name? What is in a name? So Noah names his three sons, and his first son's name is name. It's name. Shame. Shame is a name. So why did you name your son name? What's going on with this name? So the Bas Ayin says a fantastic idea. He says that Noah knew that he had a job in the world. His job was to sustain the world. But it wasn't just sustaining the world through having children and eventually leaving the Teva, but it was actually an idealistic an idealistic sustenance that Noah knew that he had to live up to. And therefore, when he had children, he named his sons the three ideals that he knew he had to live up to. Shame. He had to be Mekadesh, Shame, Shemayim. That was the Aveda part of the world. Cham, 48 ways of wisdom. Gematria of Cham is 48, 48 ways of wisdom of being Mekayim, the Tyra. So there was Aveda and there was Tyra. And then Yavas came along and that was Gemilas Kasadim. They're going to have beautiful Mas and Taivim. And says the Basayan that that was the reason why Noah named his sons Shem, Cham, and Yafes, because each one of them stood for the purpose that Noah knew he was going to have to perpetuate within the world. The world will stand on three things, and each one of those three things are going to be the things that his sons were named after. Now here's the question. Why do you have to do that? Why didn't Noah just name his sons Joe, Alan, and Steve? Like, why didn't he have, why have to name them Shem, Cham, Yafes to remember the things that he is going to eventually have to do? And I think the answer is a very fundamental answer, and it's really one of the keys to success. I remember when I started out in accounting, so I told my father after a few months of practicing, I said to him, you know, it's really crazy. I literally have dreams of debits and credits and numbers and P&Ls and balance sheets and cash flow statements. I'm waking up in the middle of the night thinking through depreciation methods. It's crazy. I, it's just soaked through my bones. And my father smiled and he said to me, let me tell you something. He said, many years ago when I started out in accounting, I had the exact same problem. And what happened was I turned to my friend, my mentor, and I said to him, it's crazy, I'm thinking of debits and credits. And the guy said to him, amazing, you're going to be successful as an accountant. Because when you're successful at something, it consumes you. And because it consumes you, that's what makes it successful. And it's an amazing idea. That it's not just that you're going to think about it when you want to think about it, but when you don't want to think about it, okay, let's see what happens. In order to become successful in life, the ideal has to consume you. Think about Noah. He turns to his sons and he says, hey, shame, come, let's do homework. Hey, Yefes, can you take out the garbage? On a constant basis, he's constantly reaffirming in his mind what his ideal was. That's why he named his kids the ideals that he stood for. So many people get married, we have ideals. And I always say when I teach Hassanim, I tell them, you know, there's a certain percentage of the population that they are doing awesome. There's a certain percentage of the population, they're not doing well at all. And then there's like a middle ground that they're just, they're just stagnant. They're just not going anywhere. They're just coexisting very, very nicely. And every one of my Hassanim says to me, I'm going to be in that top 10%. We get married with that ideal. But then what happens is, we check in on our marriage. Oh, honey, how you doing? Everything okay here? Everything under control? It doesn't consume us. We're not thinking about it on a consistent basis. If you're not thinking about it on a consistent basis, chances are you're not going to be as successful as you can be. 
But if you allow it to constantly be on your mind, the things that you know you stand for and what you're going to have forefront on your mind that you're going to say to yourself, what does my wife need from me constantly, 24 hours a day? What does my spouse need from me? What does my husband need from me? What do my kids need from me? Chances are you're going to be really successful. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.